0: Welcome everyone to the Denamo Abroad podcast where we talk about anything and everything Denamo Kia related. I'm your host, Alex Lischik, and with me as usual, coming from across the Hudson River, is Eric. How's it going, Eric? Words are hard. Yeah, words are hard. Uh, 9.20 what? in the morning. Words. When, words are hard. Yeah, listen, I had a game last night. It was late game, and it was a late night. got up not too long ago, so yeah, it's, it's, it, words are hard right now.
1: That's okay. Uh, I'm right there with you. I did not sleep well last night and yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, if we're talking about me personally, fantastic. Couldn't be better. Yeah. If we're talking about in relation to Denamo, um, it could be a lot better. Yeah. Uh, so no Dima on the pod today. So
0: um, yeah, that's not a deal. Uh, I was thinking about where we could start this. I think we we'll, us start with some positive news. Dynamo U19s. Uh, Beating Wax tap 2-0 today. Goals from Artem Sarenko off a penalty and the Balava. So I guess that's you know the new batch of young kids who are getting promoted into the United Teens. Um, where, where else are we go? Oh, uh, another positive news, Eric Metalist won today. They beat Vorskla 3-2. So there you go. So happy. Uh, so, so do
1: you know what? Guess what place Metalist are in? Um, actually, I have the standings up right now. Oh, do you actually? So, although I don't know if this is taking into account the match that they played today, but if it is, then they got to be up in second or third. Yeah, they're third place right now. Yeah, sounds about right.
0: Yeah, yeah it looks like they're going to get all of those foreigners back in uh, January because they're be like, oh, look how good we are now. Great. Yeah. Um, so I think from there, a good transition is to go on to the Denamo game against Ren. Uh I don't know if you watched it. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch it. Probably I mean, the better decision. Probably the better decision. Um yeah. lost one nil. Uh Sirota decided to
1: forgot, forget what he was doing. That was that was my I only got to watch the highlights, and that was my main takeaway. Unfortunately, I can't give more commentary on the rest of the match, but he literally let I forget his name walk right past him to be like five yards. Outside um, a goal, yeah. completely unmarked, free header, 1-0. And I was like, this is all the highlights that I care to watch. So I turned it yeah. off. Uh, I'm trying to think back. I think,
0: actually, I think we're all I'm going pretty okay. Like, there was just, I remember once or twice where, like, I think Timchik one time and Lubin Chuck another time, put a decent balls in the box, like good balls along the ground. But, like, yeah. was there anyone to finish? No. Um, yeah, of course garamash started on left wing I, I think the best way to talk about this game is if you want to know what the game was like we had someone like samba diallo on the bench who is you know i'm not he's so raw and so unpredictable but i think that's what this dinamos i need a little bit of and where does he play doesn't play in a minute we play garamash who's listen Gadmash is probably deserving of getting time in this Dinamo teams, don't get me wrong, but not as a left, not as a left winger. Um and then we need to make a sub to change the game. And who do we bring on? Vladislav Kabayev. Yeah, I mean, not surprised. No, it's it's just it's it's you know, same, you know what, different game with Luchescu. Um Oh, and the only other performance I want to really mention is Nesheret. I thought actually had a good game. And there was one time at the end of the game, I don't know if they showed this on the highlights, where Sidor Chuk lost his man, uh, sirata style. Then the guy, he has a practically an open shot from inside the six, and then just Nesheret comes out. He doesn't get a good hand on it, but nevertheless, it's able to get away, and I think the we're able to clear it. So fair play to Nesheret. Um, on to... Luchescu, because you want
1: to pull up those stats that you were, uh, yeah, this is interesting that we tweeted out from the pod account. So I didn't see when this was tweeted out, I know it was one of you two, but I'm assuming that this is all European competitions, including the past several seasons when we were in the Champions League. So keep in mind that was up against teams like Barcelona, Juventus, we played Bayern um so i mean again not to rehash this again but you could go back and argue some of those matches against barcelona we probably should have won um Mm -hmm. probably could have done a little better against juventus but we're up against some pretty um some pretty tough opponents in the champions league this year no disrespect to the teams that we're in a group with in the europa league but Not quite the same as our group stage in the Champions League. Um, That said, yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that. So 16 matches for Luchescu, one win, two draws, 13 losses, seven goals scored, 30 goals conceded. Now, looking at this on paper without any other context, you could make the argument that, well, you know, again, it's Europe, there's the war going on, like it's been challenging for Ukrainian clubs and things like that, which... I hear, but at the same time, I'm also going to say that that's bullshit, because yeah. you have, and we'll get onto the preview of Tap in a minute, not that I want to give them any credit, but I have to speak honestly. If you take a look at the two squads between Dynamo and Shakhtar, and you know what the war has done to both teams, and how they're both performing this season... You would think that Denamo's the team that lost all of their important players, all of their imports, yep. their foreign players, and their squad got decimated and they're struggling. Yeah. And Shakhtar retained everyone that they had yep. and is just continuing to move forward.
0: Well well, listen, there's a time as we were talking about before the season began. Did Dinamo losing those foreigners like Jerson and Dependa? We were saying to an extent, did the team get even stronger with losing some of those guys?
1: Yeah, yeah. But and, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I still don't. Miss those players um, but yeah it's just you know I take a look at stats like this and I take a look at you know I haven't been able to watch as much of Dinamo this season as I would like to but I don't know I mean you can throw in the whole surkis argument which obviously I completely agree with his management of the club but I don't know it's tough to talk about last season being the fact that it just ended like midway through mm-hmm. it unfortunately yeah. um, but it just seems like he came in He proved a point and then he's just like, now I'm just gonna kind of not care and and go with it. I know it's not all him, but yeah, I'm sorry, team like tactics and especially team selection. Mm -hmm. That 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 is him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think one thing that would have helped last year because I actually think last if you know if the war never happened, I think we would have had a really interesting end to last season. Because we were what, two points off wax tap? Something like that. Yeah. And then don't forget a bunch of the other teams around the league really strengthened. So it was not like, oh, Dinamo Shakhtar are pretty much going to win every single game, like comfortably. Right. Like I remember, I think last game of the season, we had to go to Chornomorets, And don't forget how okay. much Chornomorets strengthened before the war. Like, do you remember there was talks that they were gonna have a sellout crowd at their first game against Matriupal, the new owners? Yeah. So that would have been a great game if you can win the title for the title on the line at Chorna which, listen, probably would have been a great crowd. And we all know Dinamo and Chorna history probably would have been one of the better UPL games for a while. Yeah. But he didn't get that title race. And I I would think he would have been so motivated to try and beat Waxtap in a ty- a proper title race. It's not like the year before where we, what, won the league by 10 points or
1: something like that. Something like that, yeah. And yeah. We, we, won fairly, we won with several matches left in the, or with several matches remaining.
0: Yeah, so I think he would have really wanted a good title race to eventually come out, probably on the final day, come to Odessa, or go to Odessa, win and defeat up, winning the league. I think he would have really been super motivated for that. But then yeah. at that point, I would not be surprised if he would leave, because what else would there be for him to do? He like convincingly won the title over Waxstaff, beats him in a title race. Obviously, that didn't happen. There's nothing else more for him. But... Well,
1: he won the he won the treble. I mean, and... no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think
0: part of his motivation was not just winning trophies, but also in the manner you're def- be- taking them away from
1: Waxtap. Oh, I see what you're That's, saying. That, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. So because right. that was
0: for sure a lot of the motivation to get back at them.
1: Yeah, I just don't think that. I mean, look, it also doesn't help to have play a player like Shaparenko out until
0: yeah. April, after the think. winter
1: break, Yeah, something like that, which, yeah. you know, you never want to be reliant on one player, and I still don't use that as an excuse, but flip side of the coin, if we're speaking honestly, is yes, obviously that is going to impact the team, and that is a big loss, but yeah, it's just been, I don't know, like I take a look at, you know, group stages, um, or the group standings right now, and... <clears throat> You know, losing to a, a team like uh, Larnaca is just inexcusable, in my yeah. opinion. Um, I think we should, I don't know. On paper, I, I really don't think that any of these teams are that much better than De Lamo. Um, but, you know, you take a look now, and I'm pretty sure that we have three matches remaining, correct? In the Europa League group? Yeah. We have two. We have Fedor at home and Larnaca away. Okay, so we've already played Wren twice? Yes. Okay, I don't know why I was thinking. Okay, anyway, so we're out of Europe at this point because...
0: Well, well the only thing is, if we win against Larnica, and assuming Larnica doesn't beat Wren, uh, we could... Tech, and depending on what the scores, is, because the, uh, the first tiebreaker is head-to-head. So if I think we win by more than one against Larnica, and assuming we both lose on the final day, we would actually go to the
1: conference league round of 32. Is that how it works? Third place goes to the Conference League from the Europa League? Yep. Okay. Well, I mean, I think that the Conference League is probably a a European competition more suited to us and our squad. Yeah, this squad. Exactly. Exactly. But, okay. Yeah, I guess I meant more so in terms of advancing from the Europa League because Ren and Fenerbahce are both on 10 points, which obviously we're not catching.
0: Yeah, they're they're just playing for who's going to take first. yeah. Yeah. I just want to read this off. I just want to read off the teams who are third place. Uh, who are in, so right now we would play the teams in second place in the conference league. Right. So here are the teams yep. in the, there. Fiorentina, which that actually doesn't sound fun. No. Uh, Silkeborg from Denmark. Uh, Lech Poznań from Poland. Mm-hmm. Nice from France. That's not great. Struggle, they're struggling. They're not doing great in France right now. Oh, are they? But, but still, so, I, I get what you mean. Ben, uh, Odin, but we we wouldn't obviously play them. Molde.
1: thank Cefere. God we wouldn't.
0: Thank God we wouldn't, because we already got blown out three 0 by them. <laughs> but um, yeah, Cefere Cui from Romania and Punic Yerevan. Most of those, and listen, that's still gonna change. Like, not all of those are hundred percent guaranteed. Yeah, both they might. Like too. for for example, like FC Kuhn from Germany could still finish above me. Nice, so like this this will change. Um, but. Yeah, there are definitely some teams... Like, could you see us winning the Conference League? On paper, we should be winning the Conference League. Um, On paper, I think... Listen, with Luchessus' experience, the team overall... I'm not saying it's great quality, but listen, this team at times was able to go toe-to-toe with the levels of Bayern Munich and Barcelona. And I'm not saying, you know, there are other factors. I'm not saying, oh, Bar- Bayern at their all-time best, we were able to lose them 2-1, but... St- still you know we were able to at least put in some kind of performance against these teams
1: yeah i i don't know because there's still some teams in the conference league hang on a minute let me take a look here only a team team like fiorentina would not i mean that wouldn't go well for us i mean and fiorentina aren't one of the best teams in syria but that still would not go well for us the the only teams i would be worried about in conference league are via
0: real west ham and fiorentina And mind you, right now, Fiorentina are in second place, so they would have to play a third-place side from the Europa League as well.
1: So, okay, yeah, Fiorentina, West Ham, Villarreal, yeah. Yeah, Nice aren't doing that great in France, but they would still give us some problems. Um, <clears throat> AZ... I mean, we beat them in the past, but I don't know. That still doesn't. And, and then, stick right. Well, in, with, with me. And, and then, um, right. And real quick, if the Europa
0: League ended today, these, were the te- these would be the teams dropping down from the Europa League. Baldur Glim from Norway. Roma. That's not great if Roma were to drop down. Yeah. Uh, Union Berlin. That's another not fun one. Uh, yep. Sher- Sherry Tiraspol. Oh, I would love to draw Sherry if possible. Lazio, but that, that group F that Lazio's in, literally every team is tied on five points from I saw that
1: and lazio just blew out Fiorentina like four-nil. Um oh, in, in the last match day. So <laughs> I would, I would, I, would, I, would like, I would like our defenders going up against Chiro Immobile and um what's his name? Uh Luis Alberto. Although he's a good player I do like Luis Alberto a lot, although I would not mind seeing marcos antonio get smacked doubled. around the pitch yeah just just a uh pop on level challenge exactly but like players like that and oh what's his name um the their midfielder uh the serbian um oh, the Lulevich. 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 yeah it's just we we would struggle against very much so against players like that and then the last two
0: teams are Nantes who, again, that's not 100% guaranteed. Nantes in, in France?
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're like bottom three
0: right now in France. Okay. And then Monaco. But then again, Monaco are three points from top of the group, but then three points from bottom of the group. So that group is... True. It, it, True. It, so there's a lot to be decided. Like, for example, there's a, there's teams that, okay, we talked about Monaco, Nantes, and Lazio, but then in those places could be Michelin, Karabakh, and Red Star Belgrade. Although I, something tells me I don't think they'd let us play Red Star Belgrade, probably. Um or like Rome in Roma's case, they if they go finish second, we would get what we could get one of Ludogorets Razgrad or HJK Helsinki. So there's still stuff that's gonna change, you know, it's not gonna Pretty be sure. so I think that's a good segue though onto the match on was this tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, uh, Sunday. Um, I thought it was Sunday. Yeah. Um, the classico, uh, although, although they call it yeah, the classic. I mean, I know it's the two most successful teams in Ukrainian history, but would you say biggest rivals? Uh, Gag.
1: Gag. Yeah. I, I don't Biggest think clubs, any... two biggest clubs in Ukraine. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Wax Tap, calm down. Yeah. Uh, would you say number
0: – our biggest rivals? I would probably say no because there's a certain club to the east that I think we have more in history with Yeah. I hate a little more. Yeah. Um, but how does Denama win this game?
1: <clears throat> By literally lining up every icon that they have in the <laughs> in the uh, <clears throat> what do you call it, in the medical room. Everyone's saying three prayers <clears throat> and hoping for the best because, I don't know, it's just like if we take a look at um, and this is why I don't know. This is all so worrying to me because it's not like we're just struggling in one competition, like we did a couple years ago, where again we had some pretty tough opponents in the Champions League, right? But we pulled off a domestic treble in the league, and we performed very, we performed pretty well in the league overall. Now it's bad everywhere, right? Yes. So just right off the stats about the performances in Europe as a whole, as well as the fact that right now in the Europa League. We are bottom of the group um, with no wins. We're the only team in the group that doesn't have a win. Four, or excuse me, no, we just have four losses. That's right, four losses. Mm -hmm. Two goals for six allowed, minus four goal differential. Not good. Pretty embarrassing, right? So, okay, maybe we're thinking... Okay, so this is just in Europe. We're struggling in Europe right now. Typically, the Ukrainian Premier League is where we perform maybe a little bit better. Um, But if we come over to the Ukrainian Premier League, again, got blown out by Dniproldin, lost 3-2 to Zoria. which, speaking of Dniproldin, am I seeing this right, that they have yet to allow a goal? Yep. Through five matches, they have yet to allow a goal, which is incredible.
0: Um, and, and listen, before people say, "Oh well, the Ukrainian Premier League is not hard," and like Nipro is always good, like, we're not talking like 14-15 Nipro with like Konoplyanka coached by Markevich or like Juan de Ramos. Yeah, like we're talking huh. coached by Alexander Kucher, and their back four is like their two center backs are Alexander Svatok and Volodymyr Adamyuk. Like
1: we're not talking prime, you know, Nipro that's competing for the Europa League title. Fourteen goals for and none allowed. But as they say, attack is the best form of defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they do have some good players going forward, like Bakhouli, Blanco, Donvic. Yep, <laughs> agreed. But yeah, and like I said, in the league currently sitting in eighth. Um, I mean, there's a few teams that have a couple games in hand above us, so a win would bounce us up towards the top of the table. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> that being said, three wins. Two losses. The two losses coming at the were just to Niprodin and Zoria, mm-hmm. and then beating a team like Minai one nil. Again, to me, a win is a win. A one nil victory in of itself doesn't necessarily signal anything bad. But if you take a look at the larger context of the performances, to me, that's worrying to beat a team like Absolutely, Minai one yeah. nil. Was that how long ago? Is that was that like two or three weeks ago?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I was going nice- to say. Uh, I was just going to say, if that was like a month ago, okay, we're starting to move on, pick up some, you know, momentum. But that was literally two games ago.
1: Yeah, no, that was not that long ago. Um, and then, you know, beating Ruch was, or beating Ruch 3-0 is, to me, an expected result. That's how that yeah. match should finish. So yeah. that seemed a little bit better. But And to be fair, the <laughs> third goal,
0: though, came after the three-hour delay because the air raids as well. So it's not yes. like we were
1: in cruise control the whole correct time. correct. That's a good point. Um, and then you have Shakhtar who are, who have four wins, a draw and no losses, 13 points currently sitting in second. And, you know, from their perspective as well in Europe, they're not doing too bad. I mean, they have, oh, they're Real Madrid a great Leipzig, season in Europe. Yeah. Real Madrid, Leipzig and Celtic. Um, I mean, this group is pretty Tricky. close. I mean, Real, Real Madrid is going to finish top of the group, um, but it's going to be a toss-up between Leipzig and Shakhtar for second. And in the first match of the group stages, Shakhtar spanked them four to one.
0: Yeah, because it's going to be interesting. Because when you're thinking wax up, you don't you only really need two points to get through. Because you're yeah. going to assume that Leipzig is going to get smashed by Real. And so, if, as long as you don't lose to Leipzig and get pick up at least a point against Celtic. You're in the round to succeed of the Champions League. Yeah, they, and the only and the only yeah. reason I'm saying that is because and D, Dima and I spoke about this uh, off air, but like this should not be happening. Not from the perspective that Wackstep should not be doing this, but it should be us who's doing this. We have no excuse to not be in this position that they're in. Oh, I you mean in our respective group stage in the Europa League? That and in general, like for example, oh. like <clears throat> like. For example, how many results were there last year? For example, a stupid 1-1 draw at home to Inhulets, or that stupid draw at the end, last game before the winter break to Zoria, where that, that put us two points behind Waxham going into the, uh, into the winter break. Okay, I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't disagree. Um, I think, um, yeah. And I mean, Shakhtar also are in a good position too, kind of as you alluded to, Real Madrid having to play Leipzig because Shakhtar have already played uh, Real Madrid twice. Yep. So mm-hmm. they're done with the toughest team in the group. And now it's like, no disrespect to Leipzig or Celtic, but Real Madrid are, are the, clearly the strongest team in the group. So, I mean, they have every chance to advance um, to the knockout stages, which again, as much as I despise this club, is very impressive given what, what happened to their squad after the war. Um, yeah. Listen, they, credit where
0: credit is due.
1: Yeah. yeah how, how they've had to rebuild. Um, For eight years. Restructure their squad. Um what Jovicevic is doing right now with them. And I mean, getting them through into the knockout stages of the Champions League, you know, I don't, that, that would be very impressive. And it would be, I hate, again, I hate to say it, but any club in that position would be good for them in terms of the revenue that they'll generate Absolutely. from, Absolutely. you know, the prize money for just advancing to the knockout stages, revenue from match day and things like that. So, it's just, oh man! I feel like I've been talking too nice about them that I got to yeah. go like wash my mouth out. But um, but the
0: thing but the thing is though, you, the, w- talking about this, what does that more kind of represent? It more represents that it you it doesn't matter if Wax up get one euro, a million euros, a hundred million euros, that gap is still always going to be there. Yeah, with the players and Luchescu but where does it all come back down to? Let, if you think if WaxTap was owned by uh, Surkis, do you think they would be in the position they could be in now?
1: If, if WaxTap was owned by who? But If
0: if WaxTap were in this situation and owned by Surkis, do you think they'd be able to be performing at this level? Now, I'm not putting it all on Surkis, which he probably gets 90% of the blame, oh, but...
1: Um... No, I don't, because I think, like we've talked about in the past, I think Surkis is very hands-on, and I think he's too hands-on Absolutely, for his own yeah. good, and that's the one thing I will say that Akhmetov, as much as I despise him as well, knows what to do, is he appoints competent people that he doesn't have to be hands-on, mm-hmm. and they know what's best, and they can run the club sufficiently, yeah. and Surkius has to have his finger in every pie, which again and he on top of that he doesn't know what he's doing so yeah
0: so yeah it's like uh me and uh Dima talked about last time it looks like Shevchenko getting a consortium together and buying the club is our only hope at this point because I can't see a, another potential buyer besides him
1: yeah I no, I agree I, I don't I, I don't know who else if anyone would be would be interested or would see this as a as a um, as an appealing project the, the only thing you could
0: get lucky is like if you become part of like you know those like city football groups like one of those kind of groups which that's not what i'm advocating for i'm just saying it would that's the only other possible thing i could see is like someone says oh let's pretty much use the club to raid talent from the eastern european market that's the only thing i could see
1: yeah and unfortunately i don't see that happening no frankly even before the war i didn't really see that happening oh, but no even less so now not.
0: yeah so like i said at this point it's so sheva if you're listening get maybe, I don't know, give the Klitschko's a call, give a couple other people yeah, a call. Yeah, Sheva, if you're
1: listening, because we know you're one of our regular listeners on the Denaro yeah. Broad podcast that like yeah. a couple hundred people know about. And Sheva is yeah. definitely one of them.
0: Yeah, so uh, you can get the Klitschko's together and maybe like one or two uh, other people. Two, then, two of our
1: other regular listeners. Yeah, yeah, two of our
0: other regular listeners. So shout out to you guys. That could yeah. work. No, listen, get Sheva, the Klitschko brothers, and like one or two other people. That's That's a pretty good consortium to run the team together that's not bad we'll win every board meeting because klitschko's intimidation is like unprecedented yep um but yeah my only thing is i'm gonna say on the game is i think the can win this game if Waxtap
1: have come into this game a little overconfident i mean of course they can win it theoretically yeah oh yeah of course they can but uh do you want
0: to do, prefer- do, do a preferred starting lineup because um, we, we all know what the lineup is going to be. So let's just have some fun and, you know, you know, let's predict our own lineup.
1: Well, well the thing that makes me happy is that Nechir will be in goal. Yes, absolutely. I don't, I don't like the fact that it's just strictly due to injury and not based upon merit, because I don't think that that's really fair to him. But the fact that he's in goal does make me happy. So I will take that. Um, so, so who would you play at fullback? I would probably go
0: uh, Timchik and Dubinchak. Cause I thought, I think Tim Chuk
1: yeah, has been pretty good lately. Yeah. Yeah. I like, yeah, I like Dubinchek on the, on the left. I mean, the right still doesn't give me a ton of confidence between Kinziora and uh, Karavaev. Karavayev, yeah. And well, yeah. And he's just not a right back. Um, but I'd probably go, excuse me, Tim Chick, who scored a really, really nice goal against Ruch, um last weekend. Um Oh yeah.
0: This goal played well in the midweek. I think he I think he earns his spot for another week. Yeah, that was him. a really
1: nice goal. It was like it was a rocket from the edge of the box. <laughs>
0: um, then I would say center back, Zebarni starts. Um, you know what his performances have been like? It's not that they've been bad, but it's like he kind of just feels like he's shrugging his shoulders all the time. Not in a bad way, but it's just like it's just kind of feel bad for the guy at times. Uh I would drop Sirota and Popov comes in his place because Sidor got get dropped after his mistake at the weekend. Um, midfield yeah. three. Yep, midfield, I agree. Yeah, midfield three, I would go Sidorchuk, Long, Vike to make his first start. Agreed. Like, and Bujalski. And then... Yeah, from, I mean... Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. No, go no ahead, I was going to say
1: this would be a... It's a big game for him to get his first start in. So that makes me feel very unlikely that it's going to happen. But, um, yeah, that's who I would prefer to to have there. Yeah. All right,
0: and my front three. Now, this is the kind of tricky one is because I would love to start Paris. But, again, it's one of those I don't think he will start just because he's not really played a lot. Uh, so, for sure, DLO on the left. I, I don't really need to see Vladislav Kabaya play much. Uh, I, I don't need to see him starting. I would say Tsigankov on the right. And I think Vanat is the clear... She starter at striker for this game. I would agree with that.